it's, it's a vibe. Really good. It's a vibe. We have a, 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 a green light on the jewel policy. We have mood candles. We got some Palo Santo if you're trying to spark a vibe in here. I re- what is that? What's, what is Palo Santo? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Invented by the French in uh, 1535, Palo Santo is uh, it's a vibe curator. Oh, okay. I see. Here's the thing. You seem like a dude that would know exactly where and when it came from. No, I'm bullshitting. Honestly, I have a hard time with like spirituality. I, I don't the, the whole crystal thing. I can't. I can't. I can't do crystals. I can't do. I have a lot. To, I have a lot to say on it. But I will. I will <laughs> burn some Palo Santo. I will. Well, I mean, if tea. that shit smells good. Yeah, that's really. There's what like, I, what are you gonna? Do with the crystals, once you start put it blessing down. me with it, once you start giving to the rituals with it, Ash has just got her arms folded. She's not. She's not. She's not having. I know Babs is the same way. <laughs> that she loves a crystal. So here's what we're doing here. All right. right. Yeah. By the way, this is great. This is really really cool. I, I first and foremost, my love of like any sort of media is is radio. Oh, I think it's so fascinating, and I think it's so cool. So I yeah. love doing this stuff, and. A long time ago, when Eamon and I first started, I had a show on Adobe for, like, two years. It would be just me and Mike Fishkin. And, like, not this or is there small. This was, like, three buildings ago. Mm-hmm. It was at the crossroads of the world, which was the first mall in America, allegedly. I looked it up because I was like, what could this fucking place be? Anyway, it's just gross and weird and old. Huh. But it's on Hollywood. So it's whatever. That's all you need to say. Ever, whatever. It would be me. I was going through a very terrible, like, breakup or, like, relationship. It would be me and Mike in a small room, and I would talk about how sad I was for an hour, and then I would come back next week and do the same thing, and I made Mike listen to this for, like, a year to the point where, like, all of these, like, people that were listening to Adobe would be like, is Morgan okay this week? We're worried about Morgan. <laughs> that could have been the name of the, the, the segment. Like, imagine just people, like, trying to... T- and then after that, I was like, I probably shouldn't have done that, although it was very funny. I tried to make it as funny as possible, but I was like, imagine all these people trying to tune in and listen to, like, some 41, and then they're, like, hearing this dude being like, I don't know if I can go on, dude. <laughs> I think she was the one. <laughs> just like so, like I did that with fish, and like it was just I loved it. I loved being here. I so. genuinely believe that in some weird, convoluted way, you wouldn't be here promoting sad music in so many ways without being so intimately connected to your own experience, to your own sadness. So, on behalf of the world, I'm I'm grateful that you find ways to tap into it. And uh, thank, and thank you for asking me to do this. This oh, is cool. Man. I was so excited so to sick. see your name doing this because I always thought that you'd be great at whatever hosting position. Wow. Thank so. you. Well, when I was actually in grade 11, I was, uh, I also forgot you're from Canada. Right? I'm fr- I was, I was raised in Toronto, Canada, wow. born in New Jersey, raised in Toronto, Canada. I had a program in my high school that was called the co-op program. And, uh, it was kind of like a slave labor, like unpaid internship for high school credit. And, uh, I just knew I wanted to do something in music. My first, uh, request was for, uh, a, a recording studio. They couldn't find any in Toronto that would take me, so I was interning at Virgin Radio, 99.9 Virgin Radio in uh, in, in Toronto at the intersection of Young and St. Clair for all the real ones out there that know what the fuck I'm talking about. And uh, I got there so excited. I was like, what are we going to be doing? Am I going to be producing? Am I going to be making beats? Am I going to be like on air? And I was in the mailroom picking contest winners, 
scrolling through hours of footage to find the 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 the, the sponsored shout outs mm-hmm. that they can then mm-hmm. send to prove to those people to get oh, their yeah. money. And uh, it was one of the single uh, uh, most awful experiences because I felt so close to what I really wanted to do, which is like make stuff, mm-hmm. have an opinion about totally. things. And uh, instead, I was in this like I was mailing these contest winners. At one point, I. I just had to make phone calls for like like four hours, and so I started trying to do different accents, and I'm so bad at accents, and I'd start breaking in the middle of them, and I got like a C on that, and the dude that um, was my boss was such a dick, and his breath was so bad. His breath has haunted me for it years. It was this weird, how like, much detail you can remember from this. Because- early morning cigarette breath, and I just will always remember John Downey telling me that I like won't be shit, and like... Oh man, John, suck my dick. Dude. Isn't that Look at weird? Us now. Isn't that a weird thing to think about those those moments? Do you have a bunch oh, of those? Absolutely. Yeah, I've spent a lot of time in therapy trying to navigate like where is my ambition solely tethered to proving anything to my antagonist that probably that literally either don't matter or don't exist. What that guy is up to now, who the fuck knows how he would feel if he found out that I was doing anything. Probably would be indifferent at most. At most, which you is, know? dude, I left a date. I, I might have told this story before. I don't know if I left a date because I was imagining some. I like had a um like a. Uh, fuck, I forgot the word, but I was I had like a, like a crisis in, internal, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. like an internal meltdown where like. So this girl's like first like a weird first date sort of thing, and she was like, "It's like one of those weird things, like what colors do you, you know, like yeah. one of those fucking things, like trying to get to know each other, but in like a very juvenile way, right?" So it's it, and I when you that happens, I was already like, "This is not going well," because we're, you know, we're reaching like I don't care. Yeah, I don't care about what is your favorite color. Anyway, she was like, "Do you like um, what do you foods do you like? What foods do you think are?" Do you like or don't like? And I was like, look, I like, I like, I don't give a fuck. Like, I like, I like, uh-huh. you know, some are great. Most are great. You know, and then I started thinking she had like bell power. And I was like, you know what? I like, fuck, I had an existential crisis is what I had when I could not remember what I had. I fucking, she had bell peppers. And I was like, I don't, I don't think I, I don't care if I would ever have a bell pepper again. I could, or like I couldn't, it would make no difference to me. Right. And I was like, what if. I don't want anybody to think about me the way that I think about a bell pepper. Like, mm. I want somebody to, like, either be like, I fucking really, really like that guy, or I fucking hate that guy and mm. never want to see him again. Mm. Like, I would never want anybody to be indifferent about me. And so anyway, I was like, hey, I got to I gotta get out of here. Like, I got to go like, make I some got, stuff. I was like, I got to get, get out of here. So this poor girl is probably going to be like, yeah, I, he, I mentioned, like, a bell pepper, and then he freaked <laughs> out and then fucking left like a psycho. Like so. Anyway, did you have to her? Now you guys are married, which is so tight. It is really, really great. We're expecting our first child. Wow. Are you? Did you get fired from that radio station? I didn't. I think we made it the whole way. You did. (laughs) There you go. I got fired from a radio station. Well, here you are. They were like, "You have one job. Don't drink." And I was like, "Okay." And then um, it was like some festival thing, and like the one of the girls running the vodka tent was like Morgan. I knew her from high school or something, and she was. I was. It was fucking over. I said something embarrassing to, like, some 41, and then I was like, they're like, you know, they're obviously like, you cannot work here anymore. Yeah. You're unfit. When I thought my, you know, crush, that was, like, the second time, or the first time, like, I was like, oh, my dream and being in some sort of this field of whatever yeah. is, I'm never going to do it. I can't do it, so. 
All right, dude. Well, it was great to see you. All right, well, I'll see you guys later. <laughs> um, so I guess what I've been up to for the last little while, <laughs> I've been on tour mostly and trying to get this music shit popping off. And do, you, do you enjoy tour? I really do. You're never going to get through any of these things, dude. I'm more interested no, in I, you. I'm I like, know, so- I get it. I, I do. I really do enjoy tour. It is the most visceral... Uh, like I, I get to reach out and touch the people that I'm that, that give a fuck, and I feel that so much of my world lives on Instagram and Spotify, two places where there is a very um, quantifiable public um, barometer for how I'm doing. You know, like how my biggest song is doing, how my second biggest song. Those numbers are publicly available. Mm-hmm how I am living on this social media weird black mirror world to gauge my self-worth and my success. I hate it. And, uh, and I'd, in I'd go-, go in the ocean if I could. Man, I actually, I don't know how I feel about it because I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for it. I have a kind of conflicted relationship. I don't like it. I know that I'm on it too much, but when I'm on tour, I, at least I get to really wrap my head around and be reminded of that those numbers are indicative of, mm-hmm. of human beings, sure. you know? So. But at the same time, it's an incredibly enabling environment, and um, and uh, there are times where it f- I get a little depersonal. I can't it's remember. It's a very depersonalizing thing. I, I was gonna say because that's the way that I and I was gonna want. I was wondering if anybody else felt that way because you're in so many places, you see almost the same thing. Mm. It's weird because it's weird almost like a, a weird glitchy thing. You're like, was that fucking monitor? in that place like like the but I was there yesterday and we're in a different city and it's like weird times you change time zones it's fucking weird sleep shit mm. when we went out and we were only gone for like a month and a half right like what like that's nothing in comparison but like we'd never done it before mm. and it was really weird and really lonely and very just like a completely different lifestyle yeah. it's not anything how i thought it would be growing up yeah, and if I think that the, the, I have a great time with it when I view it as this exciting and beautiful means to an end. And if I'm out there for too long or if I am not creating while I'm out there, if I'm not connecting with that sense of purpose, then I can start losing perspective on what's real life and what is facilitating mm-hmm. real life. So I'm back for two weeks, and it feels like I'm exclusively off tour to get back on tour. Um but like, in do you that feel ex- in limbo, you feel like in limbo right now. Uh, like, have I you think fully unpacked your suitcase? First, yeah, the f- it takes me about four weeks. Yeah, I can't. If I'm only back for two weeks, it uh, it's literally just it's better for my brain to stay on tour. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's only when I actually have the time um, that I can begin to unpack these things. And it's so interesting that, that I used to have this real sense of pride in how isolated I felt from the rock scene, from other musicians and producers. But by the time I got off tour, it was like, I need, I need, this really happened, right? Like, and the only way I can be reminded of that is by kicking it with other people that have done it. Um, And for me, this big thing that kept coming up as I kept working harder was this sense of purpose that I felt like, I felt really um, a little part of me is just doing this out of ego. Like, I'm just trying to get as fucking big and successful as popular. And that was really terrifying for me and really humiliating. I was embarrassed by that um, because I've grown up in a family with two um, I, I, with two older sisters and, and a family that just is so passionate about um, progressivism, making the world a better place. Um, and I was yeah, so always you felt a little guilt. Yeah, and I think that um, in some ways that that is also what kind of pushed the the artist project to be more 
driven, political, but then at times that's almost only reinforcing that ego mm-hmm. where I get to pat myself sure. on the back and feel like, look at all these people that don't give a fuck that aren't making a difference. I'm well, over dude, here check really this trying. Out. Like, I mean, it's the same thing as like being like doing a completely selfless act to eventually make yourself feel better. Right. Mm. Like, I mean, it's like it in any shape or form, like if I was to just I'm I'm a nice I think I'm a nice person by by nature like so I do nice things not expecting anything in return right but like at, like it's a a weird thing to be like fucking expect that back mm-hmm. you know it's mm-hmm. like to it just doesn't make it's confusing yeah it's like yeah well I guess that what I, I started hanging with other people and I just sort of felt like all these artists and people around me that I had been under the impression if I only got as popular as them, uh, that, uh, that they had it figured out and then we, none of us did. But there was a certain sense of community in that. And my favorite thing to do is just to try to get to the bottom of why we do what we do, what is fulfilling, and also understanding that the best thing I can do is facilitate other people's um, – I, I don't feel – particularly special in how confused I am often about my sense of purpose. Um, I, I, it is not lost on me how unbelievably lucky I am that I just got the right lottery, you know, number. And here I am being able to do this thing that is so fucking sick. I think it's a combination of a lot of things. The way that I think, I think it's like right time, right place, right people. It's it's a confluence of being really lucky and being prepared and working super fucking hard. Yeah. I don't know, but I do think there's a weird luck thing to it. Mm -hmm. Like in some place. And I think that if you didn't feel lucky, then, uh, then you would, that is a sense of hubris. That's ego. And uh, anyways, I just wanted a space to be able to have these conversations and have them archived for myself and for anyone that is a fan of what I do and a fan of what the other people that I have on do. And we can just suss this shit out because, I don't know, it's just what I enjoy doing. I think it's important. I think it's great. I think it's great. So if you're comfortable doing it for – technically, this is supposed to be the intro, but we're like halfway through already. I would love for you to just – like really briefly give the rundown of some of the things you've been doing between emo night, obviously, um, ride or cry, um, uh, us working together on, yeah, uh, yeah. on the initial Bloodwater music video was directed by Morgan. Um, and then also maybe digging into community and, and where, where your sense of, um, uh, motivation for that sure. sort of outreach that you're doing. Just, just let's set the stage with, you what you're it. up to, where you've been, and where you're going. You got it. Um, also, it's you can totally like I can be here for longer. Like I don't <laughs> care. Like I'm not like. And then there's like I'm sure there's a ton of parts because I completely lost my train of thought back there. You can like don't cut shit it. out, fucking make it whatever. We'll anyway, so you just wanted me to tell you what's been up. Yeah, yeah. Just just give us the rundown, man. So, as of right now, emo night and Ryder cry have been like companies for. For five years, going on five years, which is really wild because we didn't plan for any of that stuff. Nothing, nothing that we've done has been like this. Was, this was never the. This was we saw something really cool. We saw something people were gravitating towards, and we just tried to make the next indicated like next best step, right? And then we were doing these other things at our other companies before we left, which I got fired from. They they quit, but like. Um, it was a creative agency. And we like doing all the digital strategy. I like shooting music videos. I like writing 
music videos. I like doing all these like experiments with marketing shit. I like doing all that stuff. Um, so we started another company on top of the Emo Night one. So building those up for the last five years has been like an incredible challenge because I am not, that's not my background. Mm. My background is like drinking Bud Light and playing in bands and generally just sort of getting in trouble. You know what I mean? Like owning two businesses is not where, you know, I didn't, I, I was like, fuck it. I guess, I guess this is what we're doing. And I trusted my business partners and I worked really, really hard to try and f- keep up with things that I didn't understand with. Like they taught me how to like email, you know what I mean? Like they taught me how to do all these like amazing things that I, like just normal people do, but I wasn't used to it. So they gave me a shot, you know what I mean? Like we all gave each other a shot. They gave me a really big shot because I didn't go to college, you know what I mean? And, and who are the, these business partners that you have, and how did you how did you link up with them? Um, Babs and TJ, and we worked in the same. I was working in a creative agency. I was working um, as a um, fucking what's like a like front desk sort of mm-hmm. deal. Like I would like get Red Bull, take out trash, like do that shit, which I was bad at, like terrible at. Like I'm not good at that. So I eventually like they were like, oh shit, you. Like, I had an idea for, like, a music video or something. Whatever, and they're like, oh, shit, Morgan can write this stuff. I eventually started doing all that stuff, but still being the... So, anyway, once I wasn't doing that job, I got, fi- I got like, I got fired. So, which was totally reasonable, because we were also doing emo night, and we were getting all this shit. But Babs and TJ worked in the same uh, building in a different in a different company called uh, Doing Digital. Doing Digital for other uh, artists and, like, entertainers, so... Um, we met through there, and that was that, really. And we've, like, pretty much been inseparable for the last, like, five years. It's really strange to have, like... I basically... I'm the best... I, like, have to do, like, a... I'm in TJ's wedding. Like, it's really, really strange to see the people that we first started as and where we are right now. Because, like, looking back, even though five years is not, like, a terribly long time, the amount of shit that we've done and, like, amount of, like chances we've taken and like all the risks that we've like put ourselves through like together to like get to like to to really ultimately have a really cool company that people really like and have a that we can form a sense of community around music and like have a throw a really great party like ultimately like that's what we wanted to do but it's really amazing to see the like the changes that we've all that have happened to us over the last five years as to like this learning process of Life, because that's what I figured it was. It wasn't like business. It was like life. It was like a learning thing. Like nobody knows exactly the next thing to do. Yeah, and and it's interesting that you say you know five years doesn't. It's not a lot of time. It's it's actually really quick. Grandson, the first we the first song came out it's September two thousand sixteen, so it's been uh, just over three years. Um, but at the same time, I feel like we are growing up in this like era of instant gratification. Well, dude, everything's so quick. So mm. it's, so, and that's why I don't, that's why I don't like, do, like, it makes me feel just the world that we live in in general is like everything is instantaneous. So it's like just by being alive, there's already that like, and knowing what exists and like kn- knowing that like you have to post shit to like be alive and to be, you know, interact with people is like already like very like, anxiety inducing Mm -hmm. just to keep up with like whatever's happening Mm -hmm. so it's like i I, the i don't know i didn't really start to think about this or like even care about it for until it started to be like something i was like am i comparing myself to people like what am i doing i'm just looking at things and being like i wish that i was i wish and it eventually made me feel bad Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, at the end of last year, I made a point to go through every single event that was on my iCalendar. I, I, I personally tried to remember a moment from every single show that I played of the hundred-something shows I played last year, um, every single uh, song that we put out, and, and I tried to make this list of highlights and lowlights, and at the top of my list of lowlights was wasting my time in this competitive headspace, feeling like a failure because I wasn't as successful as... as a couple of other artists that I felt I was in the same same lane, which is a hundred percent bullshit. Like all that stuff is bullshit. Like I, you know what I mean. Like none of that is real. None of that fear is like actually real. And I mean, I don't like I. I felt that I feel that way now, but for a long time, I still think it's like great as used as like a a tool for the right things. But as soon as like like anything in moderation, mm. it's like. But if you use it too much, it turns against. You. It's like yeah. fucking it's like it's like it's like drinking. You know what I mean? Same time. We're going to so. take a quick motherfucking break here on XXY and okay. then return and then we'll just keep kicking it. All right, great. All right. All right, we're motherfucking back all right, in so, this bitch. All right, so. Um, so one thing that's interesting is, you know, I have a lot of kids hitting me up that want to be in bands or that want to direct music videos or um, that want to throw parties, promote, whatever the fuck, um, and they feel that there are these huge barriers to entry here you are doing all of those things simultaneously. Yeah. Um, and I think that a lot of people might look at the foundations of Emo Night, the, the infrastructure, that, it, that it, it seems like it is built so solid and feel that that might be intimidating. Um, there might be a, a, a preconception or a misconception that you guys came out as this fully fleshed, fully formed entity. And um, I'm curious, number one, how you balance those different creative um, enterprises of doing all these different roles. And then number two, I'm curious if, if you could shed some light on how you went about getting started and maybe remind people of, uh, of the process that it really was behind the scenes before, before anyone first started hearing. Yeah, about. dude, you got to keep me on track. Cause I'll fucking talk about shit for like, <laughs> you just, just have the table. If I start doing, Sure. All right, I'll we'll go start. back on track. Because I already wasted half of it talking about. No, you're good. You're um, good. We're talking about how you first and foremost. Let's talk about how how you manage to 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 blend those different. It's roles. really really hard to blend. So like in my job is an emo night. Mine, TJ, and Babs's job is everything. So it's like we are the artists. We are booking. We are creative. We are all these things, and it has been that way for a really long time. And then just until like a couple of years ago, we got uh, Ricky who helps us out as well. So it's like that's a full time job, right? And then traveling, doing the shows, you know, that's a whole fucking like that's tiresome. Mm-hmm. So we were doing that for years, like three years. We were doing that every weekend, and also running another company. So we would be doing these shows, flying out. I'd be writing treatments on the plane, flying back, shooting the videos, getting a team of people because I didn't really know how to do that either. Like I really, I just saw. I did like one music video or two music videos at my old job and then was just thrown out to like figure it out, which was like the best thing for me. And so over that time, like I ended up like making the two years I, I made music videos, I probably paid to make them because um, I wanted to. Because I was like, I like being able to tell a story in three minutes and 30 seconds. Like I like picturing. I always, when I was a little kid, I always would like, put headphones on. I do this to this day. Like, I'll put headphones on and write videos for songs that already exist. The videos already exist. I'm like, I could have fucking done this, could have done that. And I always thought it was really intriguing. And I always thought storytelling and visual storytelling and movies and all those things are really, you know, 
It's awesome. So um, the whole time we were doing Emo Night, I was doing that. And Babs and TJ were working on all these other clients and doing all this shit. So relationships got really, really hard. Like relationships got really, really hard. Um, health got really not great. Like mental health got not great because it's like we had no time to do anything for ourselves. And it was like if we were f- home, it would be like spending time with significant others, like zero you know, because they would be home and not knowing what's going on on the road, like all the things that we're doing. So it's like I totally back. resonate with that. It's and like the really, fucked up part is that the people will look at that and go, that's what I should do. Right. And it's You know, really, that's the only way that I'm going to find success. I think that that's why so many people um, rallied around Kobe. You know, I think in some ways he embodied that 4 a.m. wake up singular dude. ambition drive and uh, – and I don't know because I've 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 spent prolonged time trying to embody that and I and I just leave fucking exhausted. It's exhausting. And like that's why it's like that's why I always feel so tired, but like I can't sleep because my mind doesn't shut off. Because mm. I'm like I have so many if like I don't wanna that's why I did those things for, for free for so long. Cause it's like I don't wanna die and be like, Oh man, I, I didn't do that awesome idea that I had because I didn't have three hundred bucks extra to like rent something you know mm-hmm. i never want to do that i never want to not make something because it's like a little bit more effort and i never want to like be on my deathbed or whatever the fuck i am be like wish i should have made that i should have done that mm-hmm. you know because i have like my it's it's a really rough sometimes it's really difficult like i, I talk a lot about like wanting like a regular job uh with like regular hours mm-hmm. just because like it's so hard to structure my time as a person who's like not good at that given so many like responsibilities and so many things and having to be so many places and do so many things. I'm like pretty, I had to learn how to like, that was like a really huge challenge for me to like try and figure out how to like time management. Mm -hmm. And now I'm, I'm all right at it, you know? And the thing is the very same thing that the same things that make you um, so brilliant in these different ways and, and truly, I think, a visionary for what something can be um, from a creative standpoint. Those are the same things that make you shit at managing your time. Exactly. Makes so dude. many of us terrible at managing our money. Um, there's so many things th- about this job that um, it involve all these other skill sets and all these uncomfortable lessons that you got to learn. And I've always used this metaphor of like this train that left the station. And I just, I don't know, I listened to... Eminem and and fucking whoever else and Biggie and I, I Lincoln Park I listened to these bands and fell in love and then I got on the train yeah. I just loved it yeah, I was dude, 15 and then, and then you get on and you're and, and you start you, heading and then the further that you get you start seeing these different stops and other people get off and, and now you like, don't oh, know how I, to do your taxes I guess I gotta learn how to <laughs> you know go on these <laughs> radio tours dude. and learn how to be uh, a, a band leader learn how to not lead just a band teams. leader a leader like yeah. dude that's the fucking thing is like a lot of people look at it and they go this looks like a lot of fun this looks like a lot of fun but like the part that to me it now is like really fun is like learning things, how to be a person, like time management, how to talk to, how to say I'm going to like be someplace and then be there and do all those things that like write any other, like if someone writes me, I'll fuck around back. You know what I mean? Little things like that, that like you, the, the everybody is looking from the outside, like would never see mm-hmm. and they'll never be like, it just looks like we're jumping on tables and throwing shit, mm-hmm. you know? And it's not at all like that. Mm-hmm. It's not at all like that. Like I'm using the like emo night and writer cry as like an exercise to be like a m- more 
like a better person. And if you're not careful, all of those skills will get wasted because you're so busy doing those jobs where you're learning those skills. Yeah, it's dude. really hard to try to make time to actually put any of this in motion. And um, yeah, I, I remember I started asking myself these fundamental questions when I finally had a little bit of time off of tour of like, where did I, where did I hope that any of this shit would get me? Like, all right, now I finally do have a song that's starting to move and I do have a, a major label supporting me. I have an entire infrastructure around me all I have to do is untether my imagination from what is really possible for me, leave behind um, the, the the hometown I grew up in or, or the kids that, that, that didn't believe in me or whatever. Just let go of that and just put my inner Kanye on and ask myself, like, what could this be in its most unbelievable um, iteration and just start working towards that. And then also for my personal life, mm-hmm. like, what do I want? You yeah. know, and uh, I think that's a really important question. Yeah. And I don't think a lot of people ask themselves that mm-hmm. a lot. Like, I did that this weekend. I literally made a list of the things that I want. Mm-hmm. Like, the things that would make me happy. Because it's been, like, a really... It's been a really rough year. Things have been great, like, with all the companies and stuff. But, like, I've been in, like, a weird spot for the last year. And I was like, what the fuck am I missing? What do I, What are these things that I have to do to, like... What do I want? And how do, what are the steps that I have to take to get there? So it's like, I just wrote everything down. And I felt a lot better just, like, doing that. Knowing mm-hmm. that, like, I can achieve... Some of those things. So I don't know. It's, Even just picking up that pen though can be such a. It's heavy, dude. A huge. It's huge a heavy decision. pen. Same thing with the phone. Those fucking phone. Uh, phone is heavy. You know, when you need some help and you need to like do things that are good for you, it's like hard to do. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. So time. How did, to talk to me a little bit about because I imagine there have been times in your life where you needed to do that and you didn't. Um, where did that? Um, voice in your head come from where you are taking those uh, efforts to take care of yourself and and balance these things out uh, a little more seriously well dude I started like running recently because I like I just figured I was like I'm getting I'm getting older I'm not going to stop traveling like this is not going to slow down so either I'm going to like continue to be exhausted and like in somewhat of like a haze or I am like going to start taking care of like the things that I have to do or else I'm just going to like shut down and like then emotionally shut down and then like fuck it, I'm just not going to be uh, not going to be able to do my job. Mm-hmm. So I started like running. I'll do my best to eat healthy. I try like to sleep shit. You know, it's fucking, I do all these things I hate doing. I hate running. Running sucks. Like working out sucks. I hate it. Yeah. I, fuck you running. I hate it. I think it's so, I hate it so much, but I, I try to look at the positive. I look, I listen to all these old radio shows that I like grew up, you know, grew up, getting high and listening to in my car. It's just like, I, I like radio so much. It was like only fucking friends. So I get to like go back and like re-listen to all these things. And, um, but it's how to do it. I had to like write a music video like the other day that I was just like completely like not really inspired by the song. And how do I do these things? It was just, like kind of what we were saying about how I fucked up my words earlier. It was like, I, I'm grateful to be given the opportunity to like actually be able to exercise. Like mm-hmm. I put myself in that mindset. I'm grateful to be given the opportunity to like, I get to like maybe make a music video and that's like a crazy dream that like I would have never thought existed. And here I am like, I don't like, uh, you know what I mean? Like what, f- what the fuck? Yeah, It's a confusing thing. I think also there is this weird guilt around, there is nothing that I think that the human at, at any polarity cannot normalize. Um, whether you're at your lowest or you are at, at, at a high, you will inevitably um, find some sort of equilibrium. And uh, I know I, I certainly on tour, if I'm in a shit mood or, or if I feel like I've lost that gratitude, 
I have this compounding emotion where first off, I'm just tired. Mm-hmm. You know, I have some sinus infection or something that I haven't taken the time to go take care of. So now I feel like shit. And then I'm mad at myself for having no energy. I'm mad at myself for being frustrated. I'm mad at myself for having a short fuse or, 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 or not being as the kind of leader I want to be, the kind of friend I want to be. And, uh, and then those compounding emotions that get you fucking nowhere, uh, ascribing this sort of judgment to yourself for being a fucking human being. I, I, I try not to indulge it anymore. I don't let my friends really indulge in it. I don't, uh, because it's just human, you know, it, it, part of being a human, it doesn't matter whether you're a human that gets to live their dream or not. Um, you're going to be bound by these these sorts of anchors um, emotionally that bring you back, whether you're fucking tired or you need a bite to eat. I want to talk also about community and, and how that project started for you and, and, yeah. and where this sense of responsibility came from in making these spaces for others and if in some ways you were making them for others or for yourself. Um, that's a good question. I mean, I um, there's like half the times where I'm like very, very like – I like – First off, what is community? Community meaning is like this thing where it's really hard to explain, but I'll do my best. Um, it's basically a space that a couple of me and a couple of my friends that also work in art and nightlife put together as a safe area for us to talk about topics that normally don't get discussed in everyday life. And just as us being like, in the nightlife and art world, like the kids that go to those things feel more comfortable, like coming to those. So it's like trying to get an audience that like probably needs to talk about stuff to start talking about stuff, showing like, um, talking about like, uh, you know, risk man, like, you know, like risks with drugs, like Narcan, uh, training. Um, we have like EMTs. We bring in people like that are, influential in like music and entertainment and who have had maybe like substance stories, maybe like sexual abuse stories, maybe like depression stories and have them come and talk to everybody. And then people are allowed to like ask questions. And it's not like a, it's not an AA thing where it's like, you can't drink or do drugs. Like this is like, okay, so if you're going to do these, how do we do these responsible and how do we like take care of each other if things get out of hand sort of deal. So it happened like after peep died, it was like, we found a lot of our friends were like kind of just fentanyl. It just just got to a point where it was like affecting very, very close people to us. I mean, it affected me. Like I OD'd, but I didn't think, you know, I wasn't like, I'm going to start. And, you know, it was like, it took a a group of people to be like, we should do this. And it has been difficult because again, these group of people, we don't know what we're doing. We haven't done this. this again, another thing that didn't really exist and we're trying to make something that didn't exist in a, in reality. So yeah. it's a it's an undertaking for sure because it's you know and same thing with Emonite. It's just a thing that didn't exist and now it exists. So it's like there are it's it's harder when there are no rules. Yeah, but at the same point, if everyone was waiting for the permission of somebody that had done it before, nothing would ever change. I know, and that's why it's like that's what drives me crazy and keeps me up at night is because I'm like I have to keep doing this stuff. I don't ever want to stop doing this stuff. You know, mm-hmm. and it's really, but community meeting is out of all the things I do, it's, is really, really important. Um, and now I think we had a, we had a talk about trying to like expand it into other cities. So I was talking to you about doing like Texas today and I'm um, hopefully moving to like, it's, we're just trying to expand. We have to do it at like such a 
a slower pace because we want other people to be able to do this in other mm-hmm. cities. Like we want to set it up. Yeah, building that infrastructure yeah. is so important and it's so admirable. But I guess what I'm trying to come back to uh, around you know, this sense of purpose, I'm curious whether you're doing this out of like – do you feel a sense of responsibility to this scene that, that you are a part of? Is it for yourself? Does it come back to mm, that wanting to leave behind a legacy? Is that ego in itself? I'm, I'm curious. I understand. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. This in particular is because it's the right thing to do. Like, I, I try to do most things because it's the right thing to do. Like, I had a really, I had a really good family. Like, I had a really, really, I was really lucky to have an awesome family. And they taught me like all that golden rule shit and like do the right thing when nobody's looking stuff. So I had that growing up, even though I didn't always, I definitely didn't follow that. You know, I kind of strayed away and was like pretty shitty for, for quite some time. And now that I'm not hopefully as bad, I like, you know, I feel like it's, I owe it to myself and to anybody that was like in a similar position that I was. Cause like when I was growing up, I would have like, love to see kids that were like a little bit older that like ran like the nights that everybody went to being like, Hey, let's talk about some stuff. And it was no exclusion. It was like all inclusion, you know? And I, mm-hmm. I wish that I had that because then I don't know, maybe things would have turned out different and, but who knows if they didn't turn out the way they did, maybe I wouldn't be here. So it's like, right. you never know. I just, I was like sick of, Fuck. I think we were just basically fucking sick of seeing kids be so sad and dying all the time and just try to do as much as we can. We give out, like, we talk about, like, a lot of, we bring in a lot of therapists. Um, we give out, like, you know, like, not expensive therapy options. Like, we do our best to, like, give as much information for all that stuff as possible. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I do it because it's the right thing. Um, it does make me feel good. So in some some ways, like that's what I was talking about earlier. It was like I'm doing this because it is the right thing, but it does make me feel good. So is it selfish? Right? Like I don't know. I don't think it really matters. I don't think it that's gives thing. a shit. Does it matter? I don't know. I have no idea. If I was doing things specifically to make myself feel good, then I think that that's like a difference. I just – it's like a bonus that like I feel – it makes me feel good as like a person that I can like get joy out of somebody like – getting relief like mm-hmm. i guess if in the smallest sense i get that's the joy that i get so yeah it is for me dude you're fucking selfish i know what an <laughs> asshole nah, man. what a real piece of shit that i am no 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 let's take a quick break and then come back and talk about a couple more things um we're back here with morgan my homie um we are homies yeah i'd like to think i so. feel like we are i mean it was i like been watching you for now it's years now yeah two years now Crazy. Great. And you let me do whatever the fuck I wanted to. That was 100%. great. That was a wild one. That, that was, was really cool. Dude, shoot. we did so much shit that we were not supposed to do mm-hmm. on that shoot. Like, I shot an extra day and we, like, just weren't supposed to do that. You didn't, weren't even there. Like, rented some fucking weird, crazy, mm-hmm. horror-looking place. And You know what's still the most popular music video I've done, so. That's it's awesome. Right. Um, just because we haven't really had much chance to lean into it, if you're comfortable with it, um... So far, I, I'd like to talk about um, a- addiction. I know it's hit so many fans of mine, and my song "Overdose" has reverberated in this community. And uh, I want to talk a little bit about that, and 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 how you managed to um, 
make staying sober something that's important to you, something that's a priority? Well, it's very hard. Yeah. <laughs> it's not. It's really, really rough, dude. Sometimes it really sucks, and sometimes I really don't want to do it. Yeah. And But I always just, like, play the tape through, you know? Like, I always do, and then it always passes. Um, like, never once have I gone home and been like, it would have been a... I w- my night would have ended up better. Mm. You know, never once would I have ever done that. Um yeah, I'm totally comfortable fucking talking about it. Um, what was the what was the? I guess just ex- just share your own experiences as somebody who um, is living a lifestyle that a lot of people would look up to, want for themselves, and imagine would be having a great time getting fucked up the whole time. It Maybe is shatter that. Yeah, perception. I mean, here's the thing: Mo- like ninety percent of the time, it's great. Mm-hmm. Like ninety percent of the time, I feel fucking awesome. I'm like clear at it on top of it. And then the, there's like 10% of the time because I'm, I'm a human being, right? Like you're just normal. Like it's not once you get sober, everything's great. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, we still have anxieties. We still have fears. We still have like all of those things. We just now we need to learn how to manage them in ways that aren't self-destructive. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I mean, I, I get that those ways and I get those ways that like all the time. Like especially it shows, especially like. Sometimes I feel fucked up it shows because my brain is spinning so much, you know, like because I have to like talk to somebody, like let somebody in, like do all this shit, be on stage, go this way, run that way, do all these things. And it's in sometimes in a different city, in a different time zone. And it's like sometimes I feel loopy and weird and I and like I wish. So I take a break. I step a fucking sit down for a second, Mm -hmm. you know, like I sit down for a second and I play it through and I'm like, this wouldn't end well. I mean, I've tried it before many times to like try and go back to it. And it always ends the same way. Mm-hmm. And like, it's always sad and worse and shitty and it never gets better. Was it that, um, overdose that you spoke about earlier that, that pushed you to, to that's the one. Sober? Yeah. That's the one. I mean, I was sober for like five years before that. And then I stopped doing anything in regards to like sobriety. Like I didn't have a sponsor. I didn't go to music and talk to people in the program or anything. And, you know, it happens and it happened. And that was like really, really. And ever since then, it's been not easy, but it's been smoother. Mm. You know, it's definitely not been easy, but that's just fucking life. Sometimes life throws shit at you. You know, it's just the way it goes. Mm -hmm. It's how you deal with things. You know, someone said like, it's how you deal with things that define you as a person. I don't know. I, but I somehow that I always, I forget Everything. I have the worst memory in the entire world. It's because smoking shit off foil for like yeah. ten years will melt your brain. You have. I, have I thought like, a lot about that. I smoked a lot of weed out of a lot of makeshift tinfoil bombs it's really, when I was like thirteen years old, and I have no short term memory. It sucks, and it's scary actually. Mm-hmm. So like, it's really scary. Like, I'm afraid I'm like gonna have Alzheimer's, and yeah. it's not a joke. So like, I was like looking up things on like how to prevent that, and like I'm doing like crossword puzzles. And oh all types man, of fuck! Shit. I totally feel that, and uh, I've been really, really lucky that um, very early in my life people very close to me that had been through um, really bad problems with cocaine uh, instilled it in my head. Uh, I've been smoking weed since I was like 12 years old. It was always something that was around. It was something that was uh, a sense of rebellion. It got me writing. Creative. I don't think I I would be here if it wasn't for smoking weed my whole life. Um, And I was really lucky that uh, by the time I – it was really a point of contention in my family. Like my my relationship with my parents was really um, not great at at the beginning of high school because I was high all the time. And 
I was getting high at lunch. I was high in class. My teachers would tell well, my yeah, parents. Yeah, dude, you like fucking music. You did the same fucking thing that I did. I, they're like, when you go to high school, they go, well, you like sports or do you want to get fucked up with your friends and play <laughs> rock and roll? And I'm like, well, I'm not tall, you know? so <laughs> I'm going to do this one. I was really lucky that my parents, by the time I was 15, they finally said, look, smoking weed is... Uh, we, ha- we we hate to admit it, but smoking weed's not that bad as long as you can I hold up your end of the bargain. Agree. Do your shit, you know. Get, don't fail any of these classes. Try to keep your grades up. And if you want to get high on the weekends, just try not to smoke weed in the house. But but this other shit will really fuck you up. This other shit is not a joke, and, and we've watched people's lives get ruined by it. And I heard that at a really pivotal time in my life. And because they gave me the freedom to, like, smoke my weed and freestyle with my friends yeah. at 4.30 after I got home from school— that really kept me away, and I had an issue one time. I was shoplifting. I think I was shoplifting for like Urban Outfitters. I was like, I just was who like, hasn't? Yeah, I got if caught. You haven't shoplifted. You ever I got caught trying to steal a Jack, wallet. And uh, you shop from her? Did you ever? No, I actually oh, would never. I, no, okay. I got caught trying to steal a wallet when I was visiting my sister right. at, at, at when I'll she was tell, in university. I'll and, tell a lie uh, now. Yeah, my my. Uh, my, they called my mom. I was 17, so they were like, look, we'll either call the cops or call your mom. So they called my mom, and uh, she was so fucking disappointed in me. And it finally, I was like, it finally dawned on me that these people are actually looking out for me. Like, mm-hmm. they actually yeah. love me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, why am I on this, like, hell-bent mission to prove them wrong about me? And uh, I was really lucky that I had that. And I tour across America, tour across Canada, tour across Europe, where a lot of kids just – don't come from environments where that sort of moderation, mm-hmm. that sort of honesty around moderation is there and you you start feeling like a failure, you start feeling like a fuck up and some of these things are just not that bad for you and some of them really fucking are. Dude, I bet if I told my parents like at the time that I was doing all this shit, they would have been like, we support you, whatever, but I let it go for fucking years, you know what I mean? Until you're like, totally fuck relationships up and you totally do and it takes years to get them back mm. even still I talked to my dad this other day like just the other day you know he's got nothing to worry about I'm like fucking over here doing all this shit we're playing coach like things are great you know what I mean like things are fine and he's like yeah dude just sometimes I just like lay at night and I can't help but think I don't want to get a call you know what I mean mm-hmm. and so like I permanently fucked a dude that I love more than anything else in the entire world I fucked him up for you know what I mean, like he knows I'm chill, but like now he'll never be thinking about me the same. You know, it doesn't happen all the time, but like it happens. Yeah. And what a I, community meeting started so like hopefully kids probably don't have to feel that. Mm. That sucks. Yeah, like, that's think, a shitty. That's a shitty fucking feeling. And if they can't find it anywhere else, fuck it. Then yeah. we'll build it with them and for them. Yeah. So that was that is essentially the the a community meeting, and so it's like. Yeah, it's like Emo Night, Ride or Cry, community meeting, a lot of stuff. What would you say to the, the, the people that want to build things like these out, that, that have these kinds of ideas that are sitting there making, um, you know, treatments in their head that that, uh, that that are so profoundly impacted by the kind of music they grew up with and want to pay homage to it in some way? Is there any sort of practical advice that you'd have or maybe, maybe – uh, give them a little insight into your process that would make them feel a little more okay with where they're at? Yeah, I mean, I didn't even start working in entertainment until I was, like, 26 or something, right? So, like, I didn't even know I wanted to do this. I was just a kid in Tucson that 
didn't have a lot to do, but I had really cool friends, and we liked to play in bands, and we liked to drink beers, and we liked to have make our own fun. So I was really fortunate. The fact that like I had to make my own fun and like find things out that things that I liked out by myself and things I don't uh, like by myself. Like I couldn't like get out of you know on Friday night go to a club or like do all these things that are like fucking pre planned for you in like LA or New York or things like it's a ton of shit to do all the time. I was left with like desert and my brain. You know, which was like, at the time, I was like, this, fuck this, you know? And now I'm like, that was the greatest thing that ever happened to me. Because mm-hmm. now I like, it propelled me to like, do what I do now and like, have the ideas that I have now where like, I was like, I'm a crazy person. When I literally was growing up, I was like, I am a fucking crazy person. They're going to lock me up in a mental institution when I like, I'm 18 and there's no fucking ifs, ands, or buts about it. Those ideas that I had when I was thinking that they were going to lock me up are some of the ideas that I get to like use today in mm. my and g- for my work and get paid for it, you know. So it's like I knew in my head that the ideas are cool. I just didn't know if I would ever get a chance to like make any of them applicable. There's probably going to be some that I have that I just never be able to do because there's going to be no budget for me to do these things like these wild ideas that I've got that I know would be so great. But I just want to be able to do them. But for all the ones that I can do, I'm going to do, you mm-hmm. know. So it was like any weirdly themed demo night, any like I want to fly a plane over this motherfucker like, you know, like for Coachella, we're going in. You know what I mean? It's like real- As you fucking should. Dude. It's really strange. You know what I mean? Are you playing it? No. Not. That's fucking bullshit. Yeah, it is fucking bullshit. Fuck you guys, man. No, I, I did. I got. I got to come out uh, last year. I've never uh, been for Kazo Say. You haven't. Mm-mm. It's it's a really interesting experience. Where the I hell really did I see it. you? Firefly. Something uh, like you that? saw me at something. I have no idea. I love doing that. Three, that feels know. really good. Ashley, yeah, there's you know about that. camaraderie. That you know about that feeling, right? Like where you, you like about? see your friends. Oh yeah, uh, like in a in a. Like backstage passing, they're gonna go do a set. You just did a set, like your friend. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it's a good, it's feeling. an unbelievable bond. It's what? Ashes proud of you. It's a good. It's like a good feeling. It's an unbelievable feeling, and it's a lifelong. Any band that I've ever toured with, anybody that I've done and built anything with, that lifelong. You know, years later, we see each other backstage at a festival or. Uh, just in a couple of days, I'm going to go see a couple bands that two bands that I toured with separate from one another are getting together and playing a show here in LA. And they're gonna, uh, they're, these dudes called the Glorious Sons who took me on my first ever mm. tour across Canada. Um, shouts out Brett and the Boys, and then Des Rocks, who I had open on my first headline tour. Um, they're all they're they're ganging up and they're playing together, and it's like the fact that I get to share those kind of stories and those memories and and, and also the not-so-great shit. Yeah. That when we all got fucked up and at the time I didn't know that we shouldn't be all passing around one whiskey bottle. Everyone got so fucking sick on that Glorious Suns tour, like five shows in because yeah, everyone was drinking learn. at like, it. Because like, it was my first time like, on a tour bus and I was like, it. wow. And, you know, somebody passed me a tequila bottle and I take a swig from it and the next day we all have fucking... Is that like when, when does it start to get, does, does it like feel real to you or does it feel like surreal and shit? Which part? Your whole thing. Just you got a going. touring. It's pretty gnarly, man. It's pretty surreal. I think that out of self-preservation, there are times where I kind of distance myself, where I check myself out at the door, um, particularly during meet and greets or when people are sharing really intimate stuff with me. I think that um, 
at, at times it's it's really difficult for me to really acknowledge that this is my life. This is how I get to live. But, it's uh, really a strange feeling, dude. Yeah. It really is a strange, strange, strange feeling. But it's also just the fucking coolest thing. I haven't ever. like I like it's I so feel sick. like I've I struggle with the. You know, like big time imposter syndrome. Shit yeah, but I think like, that that's part of being human. And it's, I don't know. It like does it. Everybody's like, aren't you so like now that you guys are. And I'm like, I don't feel like that. Mm. Like, I don't feel that way. I wish I did. Like, there'll be like a couple seconds, like after we do something really awesome. I'll be like, that was really great. That was really cool. I'm really proud of myself. But other than that, it's like really when people are like, oh, isn't this awesome? It's like feels not like it's me. It feels, it feels like I'm talking about somebody else. Well, I just think that it's about acknowledging that that's never going to come easy. That's you've got to fight for every single moment where you are proud of yourself. You've got to fight for the right to weaponize your self love against your your more self destructive tendencies. You know, I try and wake up every day and think of some shit that I'm grateful for, and I try to engage with these fans and not lose sight when I'm off tour that the thing that this phone is just an avatar for these. Yeah, and in and some ways, I think it that it's really great. Like, how great is that? Like, it's the coolest that's thing That's awesome. Ever. Like, Talking that's people a, in Russia. It's awesome. It's the coolest thing in the entire world. We have only five minutes left, unfortunately. I could do this literally all night, and let's definitely do it again sometime. Mm. I'm going to fire off a couple uh, quick things. Um, and I fucking forgot them we all. We should have done this, like, before I went to work. I'm, like, so quick. Like, no, the first of the day, I'm, like, now I'm, like, losing Oh, no, you're great. Like, well, it's great because we have five minutes I've left. been talking all day. You're doing great. All um, right. Really quick, I want to give a shout-out. Headcount has teamed up with us, and Gibson gave us a gangster-ass fucking acoustic guitar. I want it. And, uh, Did I win it? Yeah, you can't have it. Ah, shit. But you could have it if you text VOTERXX to 40649 and sign up. Look at him doing it right now for headcount selection alerts. You can enter to win an Epiphone signed by myself as well as the artist that I'm doing an XXY session with this week. Just fucking did it. Can't That's wait to win. Can't uh, wait to win uh, that guitar. God, I hope you don't win that. I hope someone else does. But um, at the same time, um, it's 2020. Uh, we have a sexual predator, uh, known criminal. In the White House, mm-hmm. uh, I'm curious, in 2020, what is one um, issue that you're passionate about that you think is enough to bring people to the polls? I think everything that we have been going through, like, really, dude, I, like, in the last, like, when I went and saw my doctor, like, a couple, fuck, like, a year ago, he is, like, the amount of antidepressants that I have to prescribe since Trump got elected is out He's like, it's not, I'm not kidding. He's like, I'm not kidding. He was like, the amount of like Xanax and antidepressants, like it's so, the problem is so far beyond mm. anything that we can like comprehend. Like, I mean, that dude has like driven people to probably now get, you know, addicted to like Xanax because they can't yeah. handle the insanity that we like live in. And just like this constant, it is living in constant, like we're, I don't. I never want to look back at this time and be like I was living in constant fear and anxiety, mm. and that is like, it's so un, you, it's so unsettling. Like every CNN alert I get, I'm like, up, oh, this is it. Yeah. Like I'm like, all right, this is it. Like this, we're fucking toast, dude. So I mean, <laughs> how are how are you supposed to like nail just one when like there's just so the entire fucking thing that we're living in is like it's. It, this feels surreal. Yeah, it's all this weird fever. I was in. I was at an emo night when Trump got elected. I was doing an emo night in Denver, Colorado, with the night Trump got elected. And this is how I know that this is 
this was one of the wildest and most like powerful and weird things I've ever seen in my life. All everybody's like having a great time, right? Like everybody's having a great time except the election. We're fucking on the the polls are on the fucking screens. Hillary's like when then Trump starts to go up. All these everybody's like, what the fuck's happening? Like I remember like we're playing songs and like people's heads start to turn towards this thing. All of a sudden, Trump wins. I ask somebody to take over for me. I go outside, smoke a cigarette. All these kids are like fucking sitting on the curb crying, being like, I'm gonna have to like leave my family. Like I am going to have to like this is I I I don't know how I'm gonna live. Like is is it was like that moment I was watching like you know, people were truly believing that their lives were over. And then I watched him go back inside and like forget what just happened and have a great time and then we're you know, mm. but like that moment of like fear and sadness was something that like I'll never forget in my entire life. Like that mm. was the wildest and watching them try to have a good time through like that that unknown and that uncertainty was like one of the things where I was like if I was to ever like be like I don't want to do emo not anymore, I would just think about that moment. Yeah. And then be like, all right, I gotta keep doing this. Yeah, thing. and for all those people that night that so many of us will remember forever that that you and what the 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 identity of emo night everything that it stands for was there and that they had one another in this space uh is incredibly powerful and i think that is just such a such a beautiful thing the last thing i want to ask you is some advice you might give 15 year old you oh fuck dude i don't know here's the weird thing um i don't know if i i i might do it all again i don't know I kind of like if I kind of like where I'm at a little bit. I think things could change, but I like the person I turned out to be. And through all those like mistakes that I made, I don't know. It, maybe I would have had like arrested development or some shit, but I had to like learn all that stuff. And through those mistakes, like I don't think I would be who I am. I'd probably tell myself to try to go to college or something or try and get some sort of like learn how to or invent Instagram. I would tell myself to invent Instagram. <laughs> I think I'd tell you to invent Instagram. I would tell myself to invent Instagram. But I don't know, dude, it's weird. I I, I think about it a lot. I think about it because I think that, like, I'm like, what, my mom was going to name me Max, and I was like, what if I was Max? Like, what if fucking that, what would that guy be like? You know what I mean? Like, would he be like, 5'10 and not have a fucking <laughs> heroin problem and like like sports and shit. You know what I mean? Like I always think about like what if I, you know, what what would mm-hmm. what would it could have been like? And I don't know, for where I'm at, like I'm I fuck Max, dude. I was almost named Justin. Really? I don't know if Justin and Max would have kicked it, but I'd like to think so. Dude. I would have also liked to think it too. Well, Watch, we would have just been like really tall and good at sports. <laughs> I wish. Well, dude, I'm genuinely really happy for you, and uh, I appreciate everything that you've done for this community. And uh, same for you, dude. I'm watching. I'm watching you out here just destroy it, trying, man. Doing trying. doing the right thing. You're like, it's hard to do the right thing, right? No shit. No shit. The hard thing. It's actually, I don't find it that fucking hard. I think it's fu- It's like arguing with fucking people for like a, a just cause. It's like it's got to be exhausting. Yeah, but that same the, the 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 sense of purpose and fulfillment I get from it, it, it I can't imagine anything else. So. See, that's awesome because that's I couldn't I don't think I could do it. It's awesome that you can. 
Well, let's revisit it in a couple episodes. We'll see how we get. All right. All right, man. Thank you. It's, thank you for having me on.